welcome to the Hope Hotline. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It is very rainy here in Northport, Florida. So if you can hear the rain, I mean, it's pretty loud in this room. Can you hear it? Heather says she can't hear it through the, she has these, what do you call those things? Headphones. Thank you, Talia. Norma, uh, we have headphones on and I guess you can't hear what we hear, but it's pretty loud here. If I had PTSD from Hurricane Ian, I might be a little worried, but since I don't have PTSD, I'm pretty, pretty much okay. So, but it's loud and it's coming down hard, which we've needed rain desperately. Like my lawn has never crunched so hard in July in all my life. We were praying that August, we had a fire in our, in the forest yesterday, pretty, pretty big one. And I think I'm th- that was from lightning from the early morning. That was from lightning that we had from an early morning rain. And then there was a fire. And I'm, th- I'm telling you, I think it's from how crunchy it is outside. What do you think, Heather? I agree. Thank you for that enthusiastic. I Sorry. Agree. <laughs> <clears throat> I agree. My kids also cut the grass too low. So it's really brown and crunchy. Yeah. Now. <laughs> I didn't even cut the grass because it's so crunchy and it needs it. Like, you know how you have the grass, they'll have areas that are kind of okay. And then you have the sprouts of weeds, like in, on your septic tank. <laughs> like that area grows great. I don't know why. But <clears throat> I literally was like, I can't even cut the lawn, which we have a community mower, which is the Dexter's. <laughs> so we all share it. But, um, <clears throat> But I didn't even bother, uh, and I, I spent, I prefer, Tom doesn't like it, but I like mowing the yard. I spend a lot of time praying while I mow. I pray, I sing. I look like a weirdo out there when I'm mowing the yard. <laughs> Brindley's laughing. I look like a weirdo because I'm out there. Sometimes I'm like singing, I got my eyes closed. <laughs> the best is when you roll into the pond with the mower and need help getting yeah, out. <laughs> yeah, I've gone, in the, I've gone in the lake several times. I actually ran out of gas in the lake. <laughs> and I thought that, um, I thought I actually got stuck in the lake, but I, it was that I ran out of gas <laughs> in the lake. And I try, and I had to pull, <laughs> turn yourself on. I had to pull myself out with the truck because Travis was gone. So I go and I hook up and I pull myself out of the, the lake with the truck only to get it all the way up out of the lake into the yard and it still won't start and I'm like what the heck what did I do like what like I did nothing I was just driving and then I I don't know what makes me think but for some reason a little light bobble goes off over my head and I'm like you might be out of gas girl there was no gas you didn't put any in from your previous Mow. I probably didn't put any any in for my previous mow because that tank is big. So I guess we all kind of like forgot there was no gas. So like a whole hour wasted of pulling myself out of the pond. But whatever. So no mowing. But maybe to maybe this weekend we'll be able to mow since it's my, raining. My kids mowed yesterday. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll mow. I'm just saying it's pretty dry. If you're living Florida. That global warming is killing us with no rain. We need the rain, which we're getting it right now. And it's coming down hard. I had to stay at my house like till 20 minutes before this thing started because I couldn't even leave because 
It was coming down so hard. It was crazy. So this weekend was a really great weekend at Foundation Church. Pretty happy about that. We had 85 people. Heather did a phenomenal job. Props to Heather. She won't want them, but I'm going to give it to her anyway. We had 85 people get baptized this Sunday. And like the, the level of organization that needs to go for that number of people. Normally we have like in the 40s, 50s, something like that, correct? Heather, isn't it like around 40 or 50, between 40 and 50 low people? low 30s last year. Low 30s last year? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. How many times did we do it last year? Just once. Just once. And then the hurricane. Well, then we set a real record. I feel like we've had w- way more than We 30s. have. Last year, I think it was like 32. But before, <clears throat> That's like the lowest because like usually 40. it's way more than that. Because mm-hmm. that one time in the other building, oh my gosh, I thought that was never going to end either. And that was in a small location. Like that was, I don't even know how many people that was. That was a lot. It was. That was rough. It took forever. Just like... Just like Sunday did, but it was phenomenal. We do ours very different because we do ours like during worship where people are worshiping and celebrating all at the same time, which I don't know who ever thought that idea up. That was marvelous. I think it was Aaron. Probably Aaron. Yeah, probably was so. Aaron. That's a marvelous idea because it's like you're celebrating. You're celebrating and worshiping all at the same time. It, was, it makes it so special. It really does. But... Our little Logan and her husband, which, like, put put them on really quick. Logan got baptized on Sunday. Her and her baby. So special. Oh, my gosh. I would show everybody, but you don't know everybody. But you guys know Logan. And she, oh, you know what we didn't do? We didn't do Miss Brinley. Miss Brinley got baptized. And there is Logan's hot husband, Chris. <laughs> We all, we all, we all say, we all call Chris hot. I mean, so her hot husband, Chris is getting, um, getting baptized. Did he lead? He went in first, right? Yes, ma'am. Priest of the home leading and she followed. I love that. And, um, that's them together. (laughs) They're not like the cutest flipping couple ever. Such a great looking couple. So special. Guess got there. You know what? The thing is, is, you know, you love it when. Sorry, people, like, um, I'm going to be messing with my shirt a lot because I didn't wear the right color bra with it, so it's going to drive me crazy. But um, uh, you know what? You love it when, and I don't, I don't mean this in a not-so-nice way, okay? But you know, you know how there are just pretty people out there in this world and a lot of times pretty people, they're not very nice people. Like they're so full of themselves and they they just think more highly of themselves. Like as if they did anything to get the, to be that good looking. Unless they had a lot of plastic surgery and then most of the time you can tell. And it's like, you're, you're not that pretty if you had to, if you had to do all that to, to get yourself to that level. I'm just saying. But then there are some people that God just smiles down on, you know. And it's like being smart. Like, you did nothing to be smart, so don't think more highly of yourself because you have an intelligence level that some of us don't have. Um, And then there's pretty people. And then, you know, it's really awesome when you meet pretty people who just are just the nicest things ever, which makes them gorgeous inside and out. And Logan and Chris, I'm just telling you, you guys are such a great-looking couple, but, like, you're just so 
down to earth and so sweet and so nice and not like, you know what I'm saying? You know, you guys know what I'm saying about people that are like yeah. that. Turn yourselves yeah. on. Even though I'm talking about Logan. Do you know what I'm saying, Heather? I do. Like, there's some people that are just really nice looking, and then you meet them, and you're like, you're not so pretty anymore. Yeah, no, I completely agree you're Like, with you, you are so full of yourself. I think of Naz. Like, Naz, yes. in, the, in the good way, though. Like, she's yeah. beautiful, but she, she's also Gosh. beautiful on the inside. She's probably one of the most godly like, I'm not saying she's perfect because I, I know she has flaws. She'll be the first one to tell you what her flaws are because um, she's just that great. But but she's one of the most real, most beautiful people. Like, if you ever want to say, gosh, man, I would love to be like that as a Christian woman. Mm. Like, Naz is one of those people that you sit there and go, yeah, that's I, I might want to strive to be like that. That's the kind of person I want to be like. Yeah. You know? So, um, but it's really nice to meet people like Logan and Chris that like got it going on exterior-wise and interior-wise. Yeah. And you weren't even saved until 2 years ago, but like you're just super awesome real people. I love I love people like you. Thank you. Yeah. I love you. Yeah, I love you too. So, um super happy for everybody who got um baptized on Sunday. What a great, yeah, Miss Brinley. Um, so super special. Brinley did the walk of shame the last time. This this time she walked right up them steps, owned owned the baptismal, and walked on down. Right, girl? That's right. She tried, she failed, but she got back in there. And that's what I love about you. I, heck yeah, you're scared. Do you know how many people were watching you the first time you tried it? It's like 700 plus people are in that building. All eyes are on you. That's some scary stuff. Yeah, I know. I don't know why you were either, even though it was your dad, which makes it even more special. But it's still scary, girlfriend. So, listen, I've done the walk of shame plenty myself. It's all it's all good as long as you get back in the saddle and you try again. That's all that matters. So, if you got um, baptized this weekend, congratulations! What a great um, what a great experience. It's symbolic, but it means so much, and it's real. Oh, there's our girl. Do it. Heather found a picture of her really fast. That's our girl getting baptized. How special is that? Way to go, Heather. Heather's rocking the podcast uh, production chair today. We got, we're missing Tracy. Tracy seems to think that she's on vacation all the time. Like she can come and go as she so desires. Truth. But is New York really a vacation? But yeah, but she's in New York, which, hello. The armpit of the world now. What is that? She sent me the view of where she's at right now. What's it look like? It's beautiful. Let me see if I can. Oh, really? Yeah. Good for her. Don't feel bad for her. She's got it. She's doing great right now. But she's in Brooklyn doing um, a photo shoot and um, video uh, and doing a commercial for, if anybody doesn't know, like Tracy is jack of all traits. She does, um, um, it's like Talia's sister, Trinity. Trinity is like a magician behind that camera she does she's done sports events she's done weddings she does everything like if you want a great photographer trinity is phenomenal but um if you come to the church if you're outside of the church i don't know what to tell you but like tracy like she does clothing commercials um things like that for um companies you've heard of so she's she's out in new york right now doing a photo shoot and stuff like that for them so 
And then she's going to leave us again because I think she's going to do something in September for her anniversary. But I don't know for sure. <clears throat> in the meantime, we have Heather. So, like, do we really need Tracy? We do. We yes. do. Because <clears throat> Heather hates the, that chair over there. <laughs> so what do you got? Do you got a picture of Tracy's um Okay, I'm not room? that good. I have to, like, email it to myself. So give me just a couple minutes. Okay, we can do that. Um I was talking about something, but I don't know what I was talking about. So while you do that, I'm going to answer a question. Are you good with that, Heather? I'm really good with that, yes. Okay, but you're going to find the picture for me so I can look at it myself for everybody? Yeah. Okay, I'm in between questions, yeah. Heather will find that picture. Like you care. That's maybe you plan. do, maybe you don't. But listen, this podcast is a family podcast. This podcast is kind of like... We're all in it together. We're all friends. Whether you know us up and close and personal or you're in another state and you're just tuning in. Listen, this podcast ain't, um, what is it when people are really uppity and stuff like that? We're not like that around here. We're all like, it's like we're at a family table. We're sitting there, we're chatting, we're visiting, we're getting to know one another. We're just going to have fun together. It's not all like uptight. I'm not an uptight person in that regard. I'm uptight, but I'm not uptight like that. So, all right, let's go. First question. Please explain the parable of the 10 virgins. Why would Jesus tell the five he didn't know them? And how could they have, do you, oh, you got, you can do two things at once. Way to go, girl. She brought up the the scriptures I'm going to use, you can't see what I'm seeing, but she's like over there, like, she's like, um, not Edward Scissorhands, because his fingers were, what is an octopus woman? I don't know. <clears throat> Please explain the parable of the ten virgins. Why would Jesus tell the five he didn't know them, and how could they have gone to buy some oil? What is that referring to and the trimming of their lamps? Why does, what does that mean? I want to be one of the five smart ones who get in. So how do I get oil, trim my lamp, and be ready? Thank you because I know I will get this straightened out once and for all. You explained everything well that I've asked you before. Oh, that's very sweet of you. So you are, so I didn't fail you in a previous question, so you came back. I love that. Because you never know. Some people may not like your answers. So apparently they like mine. I thank you for that. Now I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to read the scripture. Well, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you figure out how to answer some of your questions for yourself. And I still want you to write me questions. But I want to help you because um, it will make the Bible come alive for you. And you'll be like, oh, this is not as hard as I thought. <clears throat> Matthew 25, 1 through 13 says, and this is this particular bunch of scripture is entitled the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, 
lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go, go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the, to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said to them, and said, Surely I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So you already know that this parable is about the end times. It's about five, um, we'll just we'll just say people, but they were um, considered virgins, which is a, the virgins were for the bride for the bridegroom. The bridegroom is, is Jesus Christ. We are the bride. So <clears throat> the ten virgins were... Um, five were ready, five were not. Five were com- were considered foolish because they were ill prepared. And if you look at Revelation and throughout Scripture and even throughout like prophecy, it is very clear that we are to be ready. It says throughout at all times, we're always to be ready. So we're gonna start with. Uh, we're going to start with verse the first verse. Okay, the first verse says, The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. So if you have a study Bible, a study Bible will change everything for you. And a study Bible is something um, like if you have... Oh, I wish I brought mine. I, in fact, I even meant I, I meant to bring my Perry Stone because I wanted to explain something about this scripture for you, and I actually left it for my husband. So um, I won't be able to explain that part of it, but it's okay because really the most important part is in the study portion of of the Bible um, that I used. So if you have a regular Bible. The top part normally will be the verses, and then a good study Bible down at the bottom will have a section all its own, and it will explain the verses that are above in more detail to help you out. So if you notice in the first verse, it talks about the 10 virgins. A good study Bible will break down what those 10 virgins were, and it says the 10 virgins were the bridesmaids. Hey, Heather, perfect. Hold on, let me see. Okay, so Heather is perfect because Heather has the first verse sitting up and right, right there. And right there it says, oh, I can't even touch it. Sorry. I'm trying to be a little bit more techie and it's not possible because you can't see. Yeah, it's an overlay. You're not going to be able to go in front of it. <laughs> right there. I cannot. I'm terrible. But left and righties. But you're I cute. mean, I know my left because hello, stupid. I can do that. Plus I'm left-handed. But. Whatever. Backwards, people, if you had to deal with, like, dealing opposites with a camera and stuff, it's so annoying. Especially when you're challenged. When you're looking at that scripture, which is down below, the ten virgins, it's the bridesmaids who are responsible for preparing the bride to meet the bridegroom. So the ten virgins are the bridesmaids, so that's not the bride. It's the bridesmaids who were responsible for preparing the bride to meet the groom. If you look at where it says lamps, it says the ten, to the ten virgins who took their lamps. Okay, lamps at that time. It's going to, I mean, 
it will studying the Bible is significantly important. It makes you understand, like you can picture what's going on if you understand what it means. The lamps were probably torches that consisted of a long pole with oiled, drenched rags at the top. So it's not like a lamp like you carry. It was like a torch. Does that make sense? That helps, yeah, correct? Yeah. It helps you to understand what this is talking about. Now let's go... We're going to go all the way past, you know, all the way down to seven. So, Heather, can you find seven? It says, then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Then all those. No, that's that the women stay silent in the church. That's another one. Yeah. It, it's with, then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Right here. There you go. So that verse, when it's talking about the word trimmed, if you study it out, it was the charred ends of the rags that were cut off when the oil was added. So when they were trimming, when the virgins are trimming the lamp, they're actually just trimming the, the burned parts of the rag and then adding more oil to them. If you look at the, the ninth verse, the ninth verse says... But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. So let's read from 7 to 9. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. They absolutely had no oil. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy yourselves. Now, the study Bible says, the ninth verse, when they said no, it says, when Christ returns, preparedness cannot be shared or transferred. So you can't get somebody else prepared. And you can't, like, it, like you can't get somebody saved. You can pray for their salvation. You can pray for someone to come in and um, maybe come alongside of them, soften their heart share the, the love of Christ, be an example to them. You can even pray that, because that, it says, unless Jesus draws them in, you can pray for the drawing in. But no one can force anyone to be saved. That is a personal choice. That's what's great about God. He gives us all personal choice. He does not make anyone come to him. In some ways, that's great. But in other ways, on the day of judgment, it will not be great. It will not be good. So Christ, when Christ returns, preparedness cannot be shared or transferred. Personal responsibility is emphasized. So everyone is responsible for themselves. They cannot, we cannot rely on anyone else for when he returns, or even our salvation, except for ourselves. <clears throat> when it said there may not be enough, that was referring to torches required large amounts of oil in order to keep burning. And the oil had to be replenished about every 15 minutes. Great insight. Because if they gave, they didn't know how long the, the groom was out. But they just knew he was coming. If they gave some of their oil away and they had to replenish it every 15 minutes, would they have enough? Again, I mean, <clears throat> have you ever met somebody who nothing's their fault ever? 
<clears throat> yeah, they're annoying. Yeah. And they don't want to take responsibility for not being ready or being ready. It's annoying. See, <clears throat> I I get it when people, um, like, <clears throat> certain people always need to be reminded of things, Right. And you're and Heather's great at it at reminding people, and it doesn't annoy her at all to remind people about things. She actually, she actually, I think enjoys it. Yeah, she prefers it because you're like, Johnny I know on the it's spot. getting done. What? <laughs> because then I know it's happening, <clears throat> and they didn't forget. I, on the other hand, hate reminding people and being reminded. I don't like it because I'm a person of you need to take responsibility for your own actions. I, that's me. Like if somebody has to tell me to do something like this morning, I, I it's, it's funny because Heather, rem, I knew I was forgetting something this morning and she reminded me like, you know, you, you know about this, but I already had committed myself to something else. And I kept saying something's not right. I, I forgot because I hadn't been able to open my emails or get to them. I shouldn't say I hadn't been able to open them. I just hadn't been able to get to them. It's one thing for that to be like, I would say Heather doesn't, I mean, you forget things. I mean, I know you forget things because I've, yeah. I've had to remind you of things. But on the whole, that's not you, right? Right. I don't forget things very often, but I do. I mean, it, it's going to happen. We're all human. But, and I'm not saying if you are forgetful that it's, it's so horrible. I'm not saying that. Personally, myself, I hate it. She doesn't mind it. But it's the people who forget everything and never want to own it, and then it's somebody else's fault. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. That drives me crazy because we're we have um we have people on staff that absolutely say to Heather, "Remind me, remind me." I love it when you remind me, remind me, remind me, remind me. Okay, they already know about themselves. They don't care. They are not pretending they're somebody they're not. It's the people who act like they got it going on and they ain't got it going on at all. I agree. Yeah, that's who this is referring to. Mm-hmm. These people should have been ready. And then they, it's not that it's not their fault, but then they want somebody to bail them out. Like, that's not how life works. Um, you have to be, take personal responsibility for yourself. And I personally, I mean, for me, that's how I like to live my life. Not that I get it right every time, but on the whole, that's how I, I like to structure myself. Um, everybody should be ready. No one's going to be able to tell you. No one knows about the day or hour when Jesus returns. Not even Jesus himself. He says it in his work. Nobody should be relying on someone else to make sure. Like there are some people that they're going to live like a hellion and do whatever they want. And they're going to just wait for the signs of the times and hopefully they get it right and they'll get their life right just before either they die or something. They're, they're gauging it on, well, I'm going to do what I want to do and then I'll get saved. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Yeah. I have plenty of times. Mm-hmm. How do you know you're going to get that opportunity? You don't. That's crazy to me. That is insane. Like when I lived in sin, I never said like, I'm going to live like I'm living and then then I'll get my life right. I had no intentions because I'm like if you if you're going to live like that you're it's very very risky that you're going to you're going to get it right. 
And people do live like that. They're like, they're thinking that they'll recognize the sign of the times. But COVID is a great example that nobody recognized it. Mm -hmm. Most people still to this day that are in churches don't recognize that that's a sign of the end times. Not a blip on the screen for them. So how do you think you're going to recognize it? We all have to be prepared. And for them to give up their oil when they needed to replenish it every 15 minutes, I would have looked at them like they're crazy too. I've been like, heck to the now, go buy some. You ain't getting mine. I'm ready. Uh, If you look at uh, verse 13, verse 13 says, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. And you know that they're talking about Jesus because the word Son is capitalized, and man is capitalized. So that's referring to Jesus Christ. When it was talking about keep watch, it's the main point of the parable. So that last verse is the main, out of everything that that is talking about, that's the main point. And the day or hour is the coming of Christ. So you asked, how do I get oil? Trim my lamp and be ready. I'm going to turn on the fan because it's getting warm, people. This is how you do it. You don't cave. Like, you don't cave. You be in the Word. You be in prayer. You be in worship. And you do not forsake the assembling of yourself with other believers because that holds you accountable. Now, you say, well, I don't have a church. We don't have churches. All our churches caved. Well, I am sure there are a group of people around you to a certain extent that you have found that you're like-minded with, that you can do a Bible study with, something along those lines. So you stay accountable. Turning it down. I'm getting the one bone look. Um, so you stay accountable. You, can't, you cannot cave to what the world is going to do or what your eyes see. COVID is a perfect example of it. You have to stand strong. You have to read the signs. It says in, um, it says in the scriptures, we'll know the seasons and the signs of the times by the sky, by what we see in, in the, in the um, sky, like this, the celestials, the, the, and I'm not talking about um, UFOs. I'm talking about stars, moon, <laughs> sun, things like that. Um, and I would tell you, you got to be of good courage. Like, the, the cowardly are not going to in, in, inherit the kingdom of heaven. They are not. So you cannot be a coward. You cannot. Like, we saw lots of people um, become very cowardly. Revelation 21.8 is very clear that the cowardly will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And it's a list of things that will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. One of those is all liars. But in that, one of the first ones that lists is the cowardly. So you're going to have to like, and, and people would say, maybe five of them, they're shocked that five of the 10 virgins said no to the other five. Maybe they felt peer pressure. Maybe they felt like, you know, like they, maybe they felt threatened or something like that, but they didn't cave and they didn't say, oh, okay, I'll, I'm afraid. Give me, I'll give you some oil. I'll give you some of my lamp or I'll give you a, the lamp. No, they said No. And that's what we, we have to resist. That's what we as believers, we have to look at things and we have to say, no, mm -mm. I'm ready. You're not. Do what you got to do. But no, I'm not moving. I'm standing. I'm not, I'm not wavering. And 
your walk with God has to be number one, period. And if you keep your walk with God number one, you'll never have to worry about your oil being full, your lamp being ready, and uh, having everything needed for when you see the bridegroom um, coming. That's it. Anybody got anything to add to that? No, I think that's great. Yeah, I think that that's... I don't think you'll have to worry about anything that comes your way. So parables are different because they're um, stories that Jesus had to explain to the disciples. Um, Because, like, he was doing it on purpose. It even said in, I think it was Isaiah, when Isaiah prophesied about Jesus coming, he would say, he said basically that... He'll, he'll speak in ways that, like, he was trying to make sure, like, the Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't know what he was talking about. But there were times that they, they did, and they got very offended because they knew he was calling them out. Um, but he did that on purpose so that the hit, the meanings would stay hidden from them, but they would still be relevant to, like, the disciples, which he would explain later, into the crowd. Um, do you have that picture for us of Tracy? Is it coming or I no? I think I have it. I, I mean, <gasps> I see it. Okay, so it's a video. So this, oh, it's a video sound, from Tracy. I had to figure out how to turn <clears throat> it. So let's see if it works. Hot dog. This is where she's at right now. <gasps> oh, how pretty is that? Bless her heart. Yeah. Is that the office she's in? I guess. Cool beans. Cool? Well, the floor is either concrete. Looks like or that's filthy in. carpet. I'm hoping concrete. What is that? I'm hoping con- it looks like concrete. It does look like concrete. That's pretty cool. I'm hoping she has fun. Yeah. She'll tell us all about it when she returns. We'll make her, we'll make her um, give us the lowdown. I, think, I don't think she's allowed to disclose who she's working for, but we won't need to know that part. Next question. 1 Timothy 2.11, let a woman learn in silence. Okay, I've um, done this question before. I can't remember. I've done it twice. But we're at number 57, I think, podcast. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 57. <clears throat> We're at 57, so I'm not going to... I told Heather, I mean, I told Tracy, I'm like, I'm not going to make her look up. Um, she's documenting and putting all the questions for each podcast so it's easy for people to find. I was like, yeah, I'll just answer this one again. Don't even worry about it. I'm going to do it as fast as I can. Very similarly to the way that I did it previously, so I stay consistent with my response. But... Let's look at scripture. First Timothy 2.11 says, let a woman learn in silence with all submission. And let's, we're gonna, I'm going to take you to another scripture that correlates with this one because Paul is the one that is saying both of these scriptures that I'm going to read to you, okay? So we're going to use Paul so we stay um, connected to the person teaching or, or giving the um, proclamation. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 14, 34 through 35 says, Let your women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive, as the law also says. And if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is, a sh- it is shameful for women to speak in church. Okay. I'm, gonna, <clears throat> I'm going to... I'm going to use Perry Stone because he gives the best explanation and super concise explanation to the scripture. I feel still feel like I'm being blown away. He does a phenomenal job. And so without going all over the place, 
Because what he does is he breaks down the Greek and the Hebrew words that are in these verses. And without knowing the Greek and the Hebrew words, you cannot take things at face value. You can, but to a certain extent, because Greek and Hebrew words mean different things, just like the word L-E-A-D can mean lead and it can mean lead. Okay? One is a lead-based paint and the other is I will lead you down a path. Do you understand? Two words, same spelling, two different things. So Greek and Hebrew are the same exact thing. And unless you're willing to do that research, you can't just take it and say, well, women are to not speak at all, ever. That means every woman that comes into the church has to sit next to her husband and she can't say anything to him until she gets home and then he is supposed to explain to her what the pastor said. Because basically that's what it's saying. She's to stay silent in the church. And here's my thing to this. I think I was a person that believed that women should never be pastors and preach, okay? So in full transparency, I was an ignoramus when it came to these scriptures because I took them by just reading them, not by studying them out. If that was the case, if I did what I was claiming, let women learn in silence with all submission, then what the heck was I doing when I was in church talking to my neighbor sometimes? And I'm not saying that whoever wrote this is a man, I mean, you're a man or a woman, but I'm just saying, I'm not saying that you're saying women shouldn't be preaching. What I am saying is you have a question about something. Maybe you felt like I did, maybe you didn't. But if you're a woman, I would say to you, and you have an issue with this, I would say to you is when you come into the church, do you follow these instructions and never speak ever? And if you're a man, do you have a problem with women sitting in a pew talking? Because if you do, it's hypocritical because women are never to speak based on these scriptures the way they're written in the church ever. Okay? You have, if you're going to read it at face value, that's how you have to read it. No one should ever speak if you're a woman in the church ever. She can go home and learn from her husband. That's not what this is meaning. And that's why studying scripture out, including me, which I did not when I originally had this thought process, okay, I was wrong. And through studying, which is the best thing ever, it opens your eyes and it changes your whole revelation knowledge on things. Studying breaks chains and it and gets rid of yokes of 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 things that will provide freedom for you if you just say, okay, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I don't know everything about everything. Maybe I need to be open enough to hear um, what things actually meant at that time and the Greek and Hebrew word for these specific things so that I understand it better. That's all I'm saying. So, all right, so I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to get this done as fast as I possibly can. But if I don't, and I even shortened it from when I read it, when I did it before. But if I don't, it will not make sense. And you don't want me explaining Greek and Hebrew to you. I can just promise you that. I barely got my kids to pass homeschool. They did, but it was not pretty. Not pretty at all. 
Why are you laughing, Heather? No reason. I mean, I'm teaching you guys. So how bad could I be? You're fantastic. Whatevs. But I'm just not going to teach you Greek and Hebrew. I did not pass Spanish. I actually was asked to leave. So I do not teach foreign language. But let's go. The book of Acts is the earliest record of the actions of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the apostles and the first generation Christian converts, many of whom were women. Peter at Pentecost, quoting Joel, Joel, the book of Joel, <clears throat> announced that sons and daughters would prophesy. See Acts 2.17. So I guess women can talk. That's what it's saying. Women will prophesy. Many years later in Acts 21.9, we read that Philip had four daughters who prophesied. In the epistles, we read where God used husband-wife couples in the church to assist in organizing churches in their homes. And the husband and wife team are listed working together, teaching and instructing. One such couple was Priscilla and Aquila, a dynamic couple who assisted Apollos in understanding the Holy Spirit, which you will find in Acts 18, 24 through 28. Write these down. Study them out. Verse 20. Acts Okay, let's go to the one is Acts 2.17. Another one is Acts 21.9. And another one is Acts 18.24 through 28. You. <clears throat> you got it. That, uh, anything to help, Logan, to help you help others. Verse 26 from that passage reads that Aquila and Priscilla took him into their church in their house. You'll find that in Romans 16, 3 through 5. When ministers publicly state that Paul forbade any woman to speak in the church, they will have difficulty explaining another instruction that Paul gives in 1 Corinthians eleven five, which Heather has. <clears throat> and that says, But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered dishonoreth her head, for that is even for that is even all one as if she were shaven. Now, I wrote that down a little bit different. I did it in the New King James Version, which is what you're reading. What I just read is King James because that's all Perry Stone will ever talk in or read from, which I sometimes have difficulty with. It says, but every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, for that is one and the same as if her head were shaved. <clears throat> it says, Paul acknowledges that women both prayed and prophesied in the church. Is this a contradiction? So is he contra contradicting himself <clears throat> that a woman should never speak in a church and yet she is permitted to pray and prophesy in the church? Going back to let your women keep silent passage, which is 1 Corinthians 14, 34-35. Note that Paul follows this injunction with these words. If they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home. This is actually a second half of the... There, this is actually the second half of the verse that explains the keep silent admonition in the Jewish culture. This is where it gets good. The temple had a court of women where women were permitted to watch the procedures of the temple. There was also a Gentile partition and restricting Gentiles from entering a past or certain point. In the Jewish synagogues, men sat on the main floor and women were permitted in the balconies. It's kind of like when you go to the Western Wall in Israel. I don't know if any of you have ever been there. <clears throat> it's amazing. But when you go there, men go to the left, women go to the right. We women, there's a big, huge wall in between. You can hear them on the other side, but you can't see them. And the only time you can see them is when you go back up and then you can look down and you can see the men over there. Women, like, are kept separate. Um, 
Many scholars, oh, so thus the Orthodox Jewish culture, men and women sit separately. Many scholars believe that the passage on women keeping silent was not related to praying or prophesying, but to prevent that when a speaker was talking with the women sitting in a separate area from their husbands, they would disrupt the service by asking their husbands for further explanation and thus create confusion. Paul instructs the women to learn from their husbands when they were at home to prevent public disruption and confusion during the service. The theme of Paul's admonition is a woman speaking in the church. There are two important words for speak and speaking that must be understood in relation to a woman not speaking in the church. This is where we get. Thank you, Heather. Heather's sending me a note that you cannot see. I'm not happy with my bra selection today. Thank you, Heather. You're welcome. I was hoping you wouldn't announce it. It doesn't matter. (laughs) We're at the kitchen table, like I said. We're all sharing. It's all family affair. But I appreciate that. I do want to know that. So here's the thing. This is where Greek and Hebrew words and their definitions and whether it's a noun, if it's a verb, all of that, it matters. There are two important words for speak and speaking that must be understood in relation to a woman not speaking in the church. There are the Greek verbs leleo and lego. The word leleo refers to the ability or use of the organs of speech using a sound, utterance, or expression words with your voice. Lego means to speak in the sense of declaring an intelligible message. So one is a sound, which is leleo. The other one is giving an intelligible message, lego. To understand the context of a woman keeping silent, Paul does not use the word for a woman making intelligent words or speech, but the word for making sounds. So he was referring to people who are just making noise, sounds, not words. It was it was about disturbing the service and not about teaching and instructing with an intelligent sound and voice. An ex- examination of scripture shows that women were permitted to pray and prophesy and were active in ministry. Thus, Acts 21.9 and Romans 16.1-5, which is what we refer to. In 1 Timothy 2.11-12, the women were not to usurp authority over a man. The Greek word for usurp. This is why it is important to understand what words were used and what they meant. The Greek word for usurp is authenteo and means to act upon your own or to dominate over. The word silence from verse 11, let the women learn in silence in 1 Corinthians 14.28, if a person speaks out loud in tongues in a church service and no one interprets, then the person is to keep silent. This Greek word is segeo and means to hold your peace and say nothing. Okay? I'm hoping this makes sense to you. I know you can't read what I'm reading. So sometimes people read and comprehend. You're going to have to listen and comprehend. But we're going to keep going. This Greek word is segeo and means to hold your peace and to say nothing. It is used when the multiple kept silent while Paul and Barnabas were speaking which is Acts 15.12. And when Paul gave a speech before a group of men, Acts 21.40. In 1 Corinthians, Paul says for the women to keep silent. And he uses this word meaning to say nothing, which is segeo. For they were disturbing the speaker by interrupting. As the minister spoke, they were to listen, not ask, at that time for explanations. 
When a person reads 1 Corinthians 14.34 and 1 Timothy 2.11 without researching textual and historical context, it would seem Paul is very much against a woman saying or doing anything in a church. However, the Greek words, the context, and the cultural traditions of the day have a bearing, have a bearing upon understanding the intent of Paul's instructions. So, it didn't mean women couldn't preach and they couldn't teach. What it meant is if you're, you don't understand something, then wait till you get home and ask your husband. Because back then... Weren't they super young and didn't that is appropriately true. know how to communicate? Men... Like talking to a child. Were conti- yes. Men were the educated ones and the women were barefoot and pregnant. That's how it worked. <clears throat> and a lot of people don't understand this, but... A lot of times, when, women were getting married. I mean, people believe Mary, the mother of Jesus, was potentially married between the age of 14 and 16. Right. Okay? So nobody really knows how old Joseph was because men, I mean, if you were like Jacob, Isaac got married at 40, if I remember right. So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, when Abraham went to find a wife for Isaac, I believe Isaac was 40, and I believe Jacob was 40 or right around there as well. You could be older, but the women were not. They could be very young. So um, that's why Rachel and Leah, like Leah was older, so that's why she was tricked, or why Jacob was tricked to marry her, his father-in-law Laban tricked him he thought he was marrying Rachel when in fact he married Leah she was older and so he married the older one off first and then the next the next after that so um there's just a lot of cultural things that people don't understand they don't know that everybody looks at the bible through look at my bra strap it. (laughs) Ah! um everybody looks at the bible through a, a western Mindset. We look at it like we're we're North Americans, okay? It's not that we are. It is a Middle Eastern culture, and we don't get it. We've never lived in it. We've never eaten like it. We've never um, experienced it. For the most part, nobody goes over to the Middle East. They're going over to London, England. You know, they're going over to like Italy. They're not going over to Saudi Arabia or Iraq, Iran. Like Israel, I mean, people go over to Israel, but when they go to Israel, they're like, <clears throat> it's still very American in some aspects in Jerusalem. They they cater to the Americans because a lot of tourism is high, and so like it's ca- fully Catholic, Roman Catholic, like crazy. Not to say that when you go over to Jerusalem or Israel, you're not experience a full Middle Eastern. Okay, you you listen. I went there. I went into Bethlehem. I mean, but you're not Pakistan. You're not like, do you understand what I'm saying? It's like, you don't get it. We don't get it. What is that? When I was deployed, I had to wear a headdress several times. Mm -hmm. You just don't get it. Mm -mm. Don't get it at all. I mean, we women, we don't get it. We don't understand it at all because we're very independent we're considered very liberal-minded 
over there, you dress a certain way, men think that they can have you and own you because that's just the way it is, correct? Thank you, Logan. Yes, they see it. That's why rape is at a very high rate over in, like, like over in Europe. I mean, it's Holland, places like that, because the Middle Eastern people have gone over there. Muslims have gone into these countries. And the way that they think and the way that they live is completely different than American man. Like, how American men are with women is very different than Middle Eastern men. That's not a bash. That's just a fact. If you're a Middle Eastern and you grew up here in the U.S., you don't even think like someone that grew up in that culture. You just don't. You can't. You've never lived in that um, lifestyle. So, But we as believers, we definitely don't get it. Because everything we do, when we read the Bible, <clears throat> and you think of Mount Moriah, where um, Abraham was going to um, sacrifice um, Isaac, you think of it like, the Rocky Mountains. Okay, not like that. You picture it in a mountain that you you know. You don't picture it in the mountain. I tell people this all the time. When I study the Bible out, I will pull up pictures of places that we're talking about so I actually can see it. I want to visually see what, even if it's like what it looks like right now, it will at least give me a better understanding of what it would have looked like in that time versus what I picture. Like the Mount of Olives for the longest time, the Mount of Olives and what it actually is, two different things in my mind until I actually researched it out. It's very different. People, Kidron Valley, people would think the Kidron Valley is very different than what it actually is. Study these things out. So be, the Bible becomes something that is not like, when you have to open it up and you have to start reading it, you're not like, oh. You're like, okay, this really means something. When you actually dig deep, it comes alive. And then it's an experience versus, oh, i got to read my chapter today. Okay? Don't even bother if that's the heart behind which, when you do it. Huh? Absolutely. It's not even worth it. It's like fasting and complaining the whole entire time. Don't bother fasting. The heart's not right. So if Christmas, next question, if Christmas is a pagan holiday, will we be accountable for celebrating it? Very interesting question. Let's look at pagan means. Pagan is a person holding religious beliefs other than those of the main or recognized religions. That's very important, okay? Because when you celebrate Christmas, are you celebrating it for other religious beliefs? Pagan means a person holding religious beliefs other than those of the main or recognized religions. Why are you celebrating Christmas? Is it, see, because here's the thing. This is what people don't know about Christmas. They don't know about Easter either. They're they're biggies on Halloween. (laughs) Which, listen, whatever, (laughs) I don't care. But I'm just saying, let your yes be yes and your no be no. If you're going to be all up in arms over Halloween... Maybe you need to do the same about Christmas and Absolutely. Easter. <laughs> I don't know. As well as other hol- holidays. But I digress. Um, let's look. What is pagan about Christmas? The Christmas tree. So if you have a Christmas tree in your house, <clears throat> I don't know. Enjoy Let your yes be yes. And don't, yeah. You might as well dress your kids up for Halloween. Right. <laughs> 
take them out and get some candy. <laughs> have fun. <clears throat> intention I'm offending of the heart. lots of people right intention now. Intention of the heart, though. It is intention like, of the we heart. We do it. We just do it for fun. It's not the reason. But people won't it. say that, though, Heather. Yeah, well. But those same people will go to Disney. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, literally, uh, it's so funny to me. And if I'm offending you. Sorry. Not I'm sorry. sorry, but not sorry. Because <laughs> it's like so funny to me. People who, that then there are people who are like, they got it going on. Correct. Like they drawn the line in the sand and they really, wavering. they are not wavering and they're doing everything like what I'm saying. Like they don't do Christmas. If they do Christmas, they ain't doing the tree. They ain't doing this. They ain't doing that. You know what I'm saying? That's a different they, story. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I applaud you. Yeah, I do too. I seriously am like. Goals. Ah, so good. I'm impressed. Like, cause people aren't like you. But then you got the ones that bash Christmas, bash Easter, I mean, uh, love Christmas, love Easter, do all of everything that is pagan. Well, like, take you down some notches for Halloween, but I'll head on down to Disney. I don't know. Or they'll take their kids to uh, trunk or treat at, at the church on Halloween night. The kids will dress up, but it'll be in a biblical costume or... Something that's not Satan, you know. Like, just do it. If you're going to do it, quit making, you know, you're raising your kid to be a hypocrite. I hope you realize that. Because you're teaching them hypocrisy. We're going to celebrate Festivus. <clears throat> Festivus for the rest of us? <laughs> Seinfeld. <laughs> Festivus for the rest of us. My husband has socks with that. Oh, yeah. We love it. We're going to get a pull and everything. Feats love it. Huh? Feats of strength. Oh, my gosh. You and Tom. I literally had to buy him socks, Christmas socks. They're a series of Christmas socks. Um, Festivus for the rest of us is one of the socks. Oh, yeah. He loves them. He wears them, and it's not even Christmas. If I'm with my real family, we're doing it. Like, we air out our grievances. Oh, (laughs) my gosh. You've got it. I cannot wait to tell Tom. He loves that. (laughs) That's flipping awesome. Oh, my gosh. If you don't know what we're talking about. Watch that Seinfeld. I think you can YouTube it. So dang funny. So funny. <clears throat> so the Christmas tree, it's a 17th century German invention, invention derives from the pagan practice of bringing greenery indoors for uh, to decorate in midwinter. So midwinter is considered like a pagan festival or something along those lines. I'll be honest with you. I looked into it, but not too hard because I have no interest. Um, and... It's for like the dark days of winter, you know. Um, The next one is the modern Santa Claus is a direct descendant of England's Father Christmas, who was not originally a gift giver. However, Father Christmas and his other European variations are modern incarnations of old pagan ideas about spirits who traveled the sky in midwinter. Okay. If you stuff goodies in stockings, that's pagan. Um. I will just tell, and there's other things, but I didn't waste my time on them because I don't really care. I I put stockings at our, on our fireplace. You know why? Because my family loves chocolate and like all the little trinkets that I can buy for them that they think are fun. I don't celebrate a pagan, whatever, mid-winter festival. Like when I'm putting stockings in, I know that they're going to be happy and they're going to, it's the only time I would buy lottery tickets pretty much for my one family over there. 
which would be Heather's family, which is my family. <clears throat> we do lottery tickets. That's about it, because I hate them. But they it's a scratch-off morning. Right, Brindley? It's a scratch-off morning. And then um, <clears throat> we do the Christmas tree, because we hang our family ornaments on it. And we look back at the years gone by. And, like, it's fun. And pretty. It's a family event. And pretty. It's pretty. My husband makes us watch a Hallmark movie, or we get to choose a Christmas movie that we all enjoy, and we decorate for Christmas as a family all the time. And then, like, Santa Claus. I really didn't do Santa Claus with my kids, I'll be honest with you, but I'd be lying if I told you I thought it was the most horrible thing for parents to do. I don't think it's the most horrible thing for a parent to allow their kids to... And, you know, I know it's lying, and that's my only big problem with it, I'll be honest with you. But there's something magical. I mean, my kids, if they, everybody that I know that does Santa Claus, their kids know about Jesus. And that's their true meaning of Christmas for their families. It wasn't Santa Claus. Santa Claus was just magical, like going and seeing Mickey Mouse at Disney before Mickey Mouse went crazy woke and, you know, whatever, and started, like, indoctrinating children. So, for me, it's just magical. It's just fun. It's not, like, kids go to Disney and they think Mickey is real. Are you horrible for letting your kid, back in the day, I don't know, maybe it's bad now, but for letting your kid believe in Mickey and Minnie Mouse, Donald Duck, Goofy, it's fun. It's just a time in life where nothing matters and it's just nothingness. Like you're a kid. So for me, I just I'm like that's why Santa doesn't I mean they're gonna grow up, they're gonna find out that he wasn't real. And I can promise you I can't promise you, but I'm almost one hundred percent sure it isn't going to be the thing that makes or breaks their salvation. I just don't think so. So I just it's just a time in life where children can be children and life can be sweet. And so, so and it's us, fun. For Brinley, it I think she got to the point where <clears throat> she kind of knew that things weren't real. And so she just asked and I would say, okay, do you want me to tell you because the truth? And she's like, yes. So even today we were talking about her elf on the shelves. She knows that they're not real, but she is ready to make them do funny things every single day. And that still has the magic and the and the fun to it. Yeah. But knowing that it's pretend. It's okay to pretend. That's what we yeah. did when we were kids. Yeah, I think I think that things are just way too serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think it's way too serious. And life just doesn't need to be that serious. I think using your imagination and just having Fun. My kids did too. <clears throat> my kids actually didn't like Santa Claus because they didn't like the idea of something, someone or something coming into the house without <laughs> their permission. So Santa Claus wasn't a real big hit. Neither was the Tooth Fairy or anything like that. My kids were like, I really, I don't really like them. <clears throat> yeah, they only liked it to the Tooth Fairy because they got money too, but they <laughs> never really believed in any of it. But it wasn't because Tom and I were so against it. It was just that's the way life was. But my kids still... Loved using their imaginations with it. Still had a great time. It was still fun for them. It just wasn't real. So for me, I'm going to just tell you this, and then we're going to close shop. This will be the last question. For me, I think that you can absolutely 
Oh, thank you, Heather. God bless, because I didn't, I forgot about that. Um, for me, I'll just tell you, I think it's okay if you celebrate Christmas. I think if you're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, that's all that matters. See, for me, I celebrate his birth. But the ultimate reason I celebrate his birth on Christmas is the same reason I do Easter. I am so grateful for the salvation that was provided for me, that Jesus would come to this earth, give up all that he had to come as a baby, dwell on this earth, which I I love this world. I love this earth. But listen, my treasure's not here. It's definitely in heaven. So I'm grateful. I'm not. It says this word to be stable and content in everything. I'm very content with what God has given me and provided me while I'm on this earth. But to think I want to dwell here forever? No, I don't. I can't wait to find out what is in store for me in heaven and the people that are waiting for me there. I'm not anxious. I'm not pining to get there. I got a ways to go. Like, I got a lot of things that I need to get accomplished. So it's not going to happen anytime soon for me, and I don't want it to happen anytime soon for me. But Jesus didn't even need to come here, and yet he did, so that I can go there. And for me, Christmas is all about that. So is Easter. What is the heart? What is your intention when you celebrate? If you're celebrating pagan gods, you might need to be, you know, you might need to be a little bit worried about why you're celebrating Christmas. But on the whole, us as believers, that's not why we celebrate it. We're not celebrating a pagan holiday. We're celebrating the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who came down to this earth. He became poor so that we might be rich, so that we might have eternal life, so that we can dwell with him forever. That's it. It's not complicated and it's easy. So I say, put up the stocking, hang up or hang up the stocking, put up the tree, and have a good one this year at Christmas time. <clears throat> That's it. Next most important thing is outside of salvation, which I should have like went right into that, but I can't because Heather put up a slide for me. And the slide is about the um, conference coming up, which she is working very hard on. I applaud you. August 24th through the 26th is our ladies conference. If you scan that QR code with that's on your computer with your phone, it'll take you straight to Foundation Church um, so that you can go to, <coughs> actually takes you straight to the events, correct? <clears throat> that's yes, what she correct, said. Yes. Takes you straight to the events where you can actually sign up and register right there. If you can't do that, then you go to foundationchurchfl.com, you go to the events page, and then you go straight to register. Now, when you register, you're going to need to tell us. Not you're, te- you're not telling me. You're telling Heather whether you want a T-shirt. That's what the T-shirts look like. If you live in the area, she has T-shirts in the back that you can try on and see what size fits you best. If you're coming down here for the conference, which we do have people that are traveling down here for the conference, then you're going to have to tell her your size. If we have extras and that one doesn't fit, she'll probably accommodate you. But there's no promises because how many people do we have signed up right now? Registered. I think 253. So right now we have 253 people registered for the conference. I have a a number in my head of the number of people that I want registered and coming. Listen, we're going all out for this thing. 
So if you want a really great weekend, if you want to bring some women with you, like my girlfriend, <clears throat> Kristen. All right, I call her Christy. Christy, uh, she, <clears throat> excuse me, frog in the throat. She is bringing like six to eight girlfriends with her. That's awesome. That's awesome. And they're not, they're coming from Orlando. So they're getting a Airbnb together and they're coming. Listen, you can't go wrong. Like, I mean, I'm going to speak and I think that's going to be pretty darn good because... I'm working on my message right now, and it's going to be pretty darn good. But Magalis, come on. Mags, she's funny as I'll get out. So you'll have a great laugh Saturday, uh, Friday morning. A Dallas Friday night, very funny, but also great teaching. I just, I just um, messaged her. Like, I'm, I said to her, I said, um, like, and I meant it not prophetically, even though she took it as a prophetic word. But I'm like, you have to be blind. I haven't told her this when I see her. Well, I'm like, you have to be blind not to see this. It's not really a spiritual thing that I'm seeing. But like, if you can't see that God has got her on a fast track trajectory, like, like the woman like fasted 40 days at the beginning of this year. Only water. And she does this stuff all the time. Yeah. Like, like if you can't see like dying to yourself as far as doing the tough things, like not eating for 40 days, but drinking only water because she was diligent. Yeah. Like she was diligent. She was about something this year. And if you can't see that th- she's reaping rewards for not just that, but other things that she's done as far as ministry wise, you are crazy. Like she's her harvest. I told her, I said, it is a season of harvest for you, girl. And I'm super excited for what's coming ahead, but I know she'll have a good word for us. Absolutely. And she's just, I'm just telling you, like, I have, I mean, Pastor Donica is aces for me. Like, if there's anybody I say outside of, I love my mom, but I'm just saying, in the field that I'm in, there's anybody that I say, gosh, man, I want to be that person. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's my goal right there. It's her. But I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, if you, the most real people, I'm just telling you, Adalis and Magalis are so real. And so, like, there's so many people out there, and you guys may not know because of ministry-wise, you just don't, you just don't, see it but both bra straps <laughs> um i'm just telling you they don't come like them they do not come like those two they are just they're worth coming and listening to you if you meet them you're gonna just be like they don't come like this most yeah. people are full of themselves and they're on a they're all about themselves and how far they can get for personal reasons they are both kingdom minded and they're like, they love people and they are good to people and they are sweet. I see them behind the scenes. I have never, ever, ever, ever heard them make fun of anyone, talk down about anyone, or like even when people have gone out of the way to mistreat them, they will not say a word about them. 
And I'm just saying that speaks volumes. Like, and they could have told me about it because I knew about it. But they, <clears throat> they kept silent. So I'm just telling you, real deal, you will love them. If you've never met them, if you've never um, listened to them, um, you'll enjoy it. That's all I can say about that. Um, so I'm blessed and honored they come, are coming back this year. And um, I think that's it. So please register for Heather's sake because everything Heather ever does in life is done yesterday or like the day before. It's always behind. It's always behind. If it's not done like like the day after, like she's dying. It has to always be like she's she's always feeling like she's behind. True. Even though she's like more ahead than the rest of the world, which is kind of annoying so um but that's it uh let's see i want to do salvation anything else that's it nothing about the pie nothing about the um you're normally not in here so there's nothing about the conference that i missed you are good all right so if you don't know jesus as your lord and savior i invite you to do that today super important it's the it's the now listen you can look at Logan. I'm looking at Logan's picture of when she got baptized. Okay, you can't get baptized until you get saved. Okay, and then baptism comes right after that. Super important. You don't put the cart before the horse. Um, both of them are very, very significant. But the one that's the most important, in my opinion, is being saved. And if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior today, make that decision. It will... You'll never, ever walk this, this world ever again alone. You'll know that the Lord is with you through everything, even when you say, well, how is that possible? I'm just telling you, he will make sure that you know that he is with you. Even if it's with someone, you're, you're the worst day ever, and somebody comes across your path, and they will say something or do something to that he will instruct that you just know that without him doing that and making sure that you knew that he is present, that you know you're not alone. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but I can promise you once you get saved, you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. There won't be one day you feel alone or that you can't go on. He'll make sure that you do. But you have to do some things right, and you have to get the th first things first. And that would be one is being safe. So if you don't know him or you've known him in the past and you need to get your life right, just say this simple, easy prayer with me, and you can start today. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you did on that cross. I thank you for dying for my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, and I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Whatever you say to do, I will do. And whatever you say not to do, I will not do. From this moment forward. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Simple, simple, simple. Get a good Bible. If you don't have one, let us know. We'll send you one. We can help you out with that. Um, if you need prayer, call. We can pray with you. And um, if you need a good church, depending on where you live, we might be able to help you out with that too. Not promising you, though. In the meantime, you can tune in to Foundation Church every Sunday. And my husband has a podcast Tuesday, Thursday nights at 830. 
Saturday night at 10.30 on CTN and also on our church Facebook page, Black Robe and Rumble. You can check it all out. Um, Get plugged in. That's the biggest key, getting plugged in. I love you. I will see you on Friday. Bye-bye. Real talk.